Amen. Thank you, Katie, for that special Acts chapter number 11 this morning. If you turned to Acts chapter number 11, I want to welcome again, welcome you this morning. It's cold, wintry weekend in, um, I want to pray that the Lord will just give us a blessing here today. I'm glad that you're here. I know that many are watching uh, on a morning like this by way of the internet and um, many will watch us on our YouTube channel and even on WLMB channel 40. And I want to make sure that you know this as well as starting February, uh, our TV program that is at nine o'clock on Sunday evenings will go an hour earlier to eight o'clock. They're able to fit us in an earlier. I think that'll help us just increase our listening audience there as well. And so that'll be uh, helpful there to our church. And so I appreciate uh, those that watch our uh, TV program as well. We get a lot of letters and um, we get a lot of correspondence from that. And so I'm glad that's a blessing to many here in this area. Let me to get right into our message this morning. We have the Lord's table this morning. And so I want to get right into this message and spend some time around the Lord's table as we leave this morning. The Bible says in verse number 19, Acts chapter 11, Verse number 19, now they were, which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen's, uh, Stephen tra uh, traveled as far as Phineasy, uh, Cyprus, Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the G Grecians, preaching the Lord's, Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he had came, had seen the grace of God. He was glad and exhorted them, all that uh, uh, with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year after they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in, the days, the, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Father, I pray that you'd help us today as we look into your word. Lord, I pray that you again would speak to our heart. I thank you for the time that we've had of worship this morning. I pray that your spirit would just continue to work here in this room, work in each heart and speak to each individual person. Lord, in a group this size, one message, uh, Lord, would be difficult in my own power to preach and uh, help each individual person. But we know that your word and your spirit can work in every individual heart and every person here today could receive something from you. So we ask that you help us. We yield ourselves to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
this past week, beginning of the week, I remember saying to Michelle, I said, I am preaching out of Acts chapter 11, the second part of it. And uh, I have no idea, no idea. The Lord's just given me nothing at that point. I said, it's a, it's a pretty um, just dry passage of scripture. There's not much there. It's just simply the people leave and um, Barnabas uh, uh, comes and, and that's pretty much it. And, and uh, I said, I really need your help to put a message together here this week. And uh, I didn't really say that, but uh, I, um, I asked her, I said, I want you to pray. I want you to pray with me on this. I said, because it's a difficult passage of scripture. If we're just seeking information, then we could just go and find the information. But I, I think that every passage of scripture, there's something profitable for us as Christians. We ought to leave church with something that we can apply to our lives, something that would cause us to live and become more like Christ. There's a verse here that I want you to take special note to. The Bible says this in um, uh, verse number 26, the last part of that verse the Bible says, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, they weren't called Christians first in Jerusalem. They were called Christians first in, in Antioch. And what a, what a special, special testimony the believers of Antioch had. And, and the reason why I believe that they were called Christians first, if you look in verse number 23, the Bible says, who when he came, he had seen the grace of God. The grace of God was there upon these people in Antioch. They testimony, they were called, and, and maybe this wasn't necessarily a, a wonderful title. Maybe, maybe those that despised Christians called them Christians. They, they were Christ-like, they were Christ followers. They were known as believers in Christ. And in and, and this as well, they were believers and they believed in Christ's teachings. And this made them different from everyone else. This title Christians was given to them. This title of being Christ-like. What a, what a wonderful accusation that would be. Has anybody ever called you a Christian? Has anybody ever looked at your testimony and the way you behaved and, and what you did for Lord, your belief and how it changed your life? And, and they said, that person must be a Christian. That's the testimony here that we find. And I want to look this morning, and I don't want to be real long just because I want to take time to be around the Lord's table, have communion this morning, but they're called Christians. I've titled this message this morning, they are called Christians. They're called Christians. And I want to look, why were they called Christians? What was so significant about the people in Antioch than any other place, any other believers, Jerusalem and, and these other areas that, that uh, the people fled to, why were they called Christians? Because that's a name, that's a testimony that I know I want to have. And I'm sure each person in this room that knows Christ as their savior, you want the accusation or the testimony that you too are a Christian. So I wanna give you several things here this morning. And I want you to look with me in verse number 19 of this passage of scripture again, Acts chapter 11, in verse number 19, the Bible says this, when they were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose from Stephen. So I want you to remember this. Stephen, uh, back in Acts chapter number eight, Stephen, one of the first deacons, there are seven men that are chosen to, to be deacons, to care for the widows of the church. 
Now, there was something about these men. The Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They, they were great leaders and servants there. Not only did they go and wait on tables and care for the widows so that all of the widows' were, were, uh, needs were met, they also, as in Stephen, took the gospel of Jesus Christ and began to share the gospel with all of those around. It wasn't the fact that Stephen was waiting on widows that got him stoned. It wasn't the fact that he was caring for other people and ministering to their needs that caused his death. What caused Stephen's death is because Stephen was taking the gospel of Jesus Christ, what changed his life, what changed all those that around him there in Jerusalem, that church in Jerusalem, and he began to, to preach and teach in the name of Jesus Christ. That is what caused them to come and take Stephen's life by stoning him. The Bible says this, and some of them were men of, of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you one of the reasons I believe as we study this passage of scripture, one of the reasons that they were called Christians is because they had a desire to share the gospel. Now, I know you say every single week, it seems like you go back to Christians sharing the gospel. And I just want to point out this to you. All I'm doing is preaching through verse by verse through the book of Acts. You know what we find the church consistently doing? Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was their mission. That was their main goal. That is by every chapter it seems like we go to, every, every uh, uh, area here in the book of Acts, from Acts chapter number two all the way on, what the church is consistently doing is they're going out and they're preaching and teaching the, the gospel of Jesus Christ despite persecution. Now, they, they know that their friend Stephen was killed for preaching the gospel. They, they flee Jerusalem, and when they flee Jerusalem, it didn't stop them from taking the gospel with them. I want you to see something here. They didn't flee Jerusalem and then go into hiding and take the gospel message and just say, you know what, as long as I have it and my family has it, we're just going to kind of be hidden with it and, 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 and go into the communities all around Jerusalem and, and all around Israel and we'll just simply go into hiding and we know the truth and we'll live the truth, but, but we're not going to share it for fear of persecution. I want you to see this, that no matter where these believers went, they shared the gospel even despite persecution that was going to come. They say this, modern-day Christian believers today in this generation, many, I know Paul in his day, believed that Jesus was coming again in his generation as well. But I have to say this, it just seems, it just appears as you read the Bible, as you see the events that are happening all around us, it seems like Jesus Christ, he is, he is, his, his, his return is so very near. And the Bible tells us this, though, as the day of the Lord comes, that there's going to be a great falling away. There's going to be many that are just apathetic, there's going to be many that just simply will say they're a Christian but not live out their, their Christian faith. Many today that call themselves Christians, that say they're believers of Jesus Christ, they don't even believe that the Bible is 100% true. We live in a day of apathy. 
We live in a day where people say, you know, I, I'll just believe what I want to believe and, and, and I'm not going to share it and I don't want anybody to, to discuss that. We, we just don't talk about religion. I want you to know this. The gospel isn't talking about religion. The gospel is talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Religion, religion can't save a person. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can. Here, the people, no matter where they went, they had a desire to share the gospel. We see it over and over. We see their, their love. We see them proclaiming the gospel. I brag about our church often. I had a family in this past week, and they asked about our church, and they said, so when do you guys go soul winning? I said, every day. Well, you don't have a certain day? I said, no, it's seven days a week for us. It's every, every opportunity. We don't just say you're, you're, you go on this certain day. Our church, I, I, every week I get a report from someone and multiple people normally, hey, pastor, I just wanted to let you know I was here and, and, and I gave the gospel to this person and they received Christ as their savior. Someone else will call me this past week and said I was on the phone and, and uh, I shared the gospel with someone I, on the phone and, and they, they trusted Christ as their savior. One of the wonderful things that I love about our church is that our church every day of the week, no matter where they're at, no matter who they meet, there's so many people in our church, they have a love for the gospel and they continue to share the gospel. And I want to encourage you, church, today that those that were first called Christians in Antioch, they were called that because of their desire to share the gospel. Would you take the gospel message to somebody this week? If we truly believe that any moment that Trump could sound and Jesus Christ could rapture his church off of this earth, wouldn't you see the great need to get the gospel to as many people as we possibly can? Don't you know that it's not going to be anyone in Washington or any great ruler that's going to bring peace and, and, and uh, 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 peace to a person's life? The only thing that could bring real peace to a person's life is receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. They had a desire to share the gospel. Secondly, I want you to see this. They were called Christians first at Antioch. Number one is because they had a desire to share the gospel despite persecution. Number two, I want you to see this in verse number 22 and 23. The Bible says, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. Now, the church in Jerusalem, remember, this is a church where thousands of people had gotten saved. And then... Thousands of people, once they, they got saved originally there at the day of Pentecost, and then every day and at other times, thousands more were added to the church. I mean, this church was a growing church. This church was kind of like the mother church where it all began. But then there's this church in Antioch. These believers are sharing the gospel. These believers are, are, are living out their faith and Word goes back to Jerusalem about this church at Antioch. They sent this man by the name of Barnabas in verse number 22 that he should go as far as Antioch. They said, they said Barnabas, why don't you go, go find out what's happening in Antioch? We hear of the people that are being saved. We hear of the work that they're doing. We hear of their testimony. And, and, and they wanted to hear about this. Remember in those days, they couldn't just pull up a church website and figure out what's going on. They couldn't get on their Facebook channel and watch a, a service there in Antioch. 
To hear means somebody that was there in Antioch or somebody whose life was changed there in Antioch. It got word to Jerusalem and they began to hear of the report back at Antioch. And the Bible says this in verse number 23, who when he came had seen the grace of God. You hear me today, what changed them, what made them different is because of the testimony of God's grace. When Barnabas came to this place, this church in Antioch, you know what he saw? He saw God working. He saw God's, uh, 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 he saw God uh, meeting needs. He saw God's hand working there in this church. He saw that it wasn't a group of people that had selfish motives. It wasn't a group of people that, that were living double lives, one life at church and another life at home. No, what he came and he saw was what he had heard about their testimony. This was a place where God's hand was upon it. He saw God's grace there. What made this church so special? Now, these were people, I want you to, to realize, the Bible tells us that these were people that were scattered. These were people that, that had to move. These were people that had to, to relocate and find new jobs. The, these are people that had to, to, to uproot their family. Their life was interrupted. These are people that, that didn't just say, you know what, I, I'm going to try something new. They were in fear. The persecution came. Remember back in Acts chapter 8, there was a man by the name of Saul that uh, stood at the feet of Stephen, and he went out and, and began to, to persecute the church, and, and they uprooted their families. They uprooted their livelihoods. They, 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 they moved, and, and everything about their lives had to change. And hear me, they didn't go complaining. When God was at work, they, they didn't begin to murmur and complain. They didn't start thinking that God wasn't there and that God didn't love them and that God didn't care. You don't find them foolishly accusing God for the situation they found themselves in. When he got there, he didn't find a, a people that were murmuring. He didn't find a people that were discontented. He didn't find a group of people that said, yeah, we're, the, we're this, the remnant. We're those that scattered from Jerusalem. You don't find them complaining about Saul. You didn't find them complaining about God. They didn't find them complaining about the situation they found themselves in. Barnabas came, and their testimony was God's grace was upon them. His grace, his hand was upon their life. God's provisions were sufficient. And these were a content people. Listen to me, the most content people here ought to be Christians. Because we understand that there's a God in heaven that sits on his throne that is intricately involved in the affairs of mankind. God didn't just create mankind and said, all right, you do what you want to do. God is there and he cares about every situation in your life. He cares about every sickness. He cares about every pain. He cares about every, every trial that you're going through. He cares and he's there and his grace is sufficient. And oh, hear me, Christian today, we need to learn that God's grace is sufficient. We need to learn that God's grace is what ought to cause us to be content. We ought to see through our testimony of how we live that when a person has the hand of God upon their life, that others begin to see it and call them Christians. Number three, I want you to see this this morning. 
I want you to look with me in verse number 25. The Bible says this. Are you with me this morning? Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, this part of scripture is so exciting. Now, once you understand here this morning what's happening, the Bible says this as our, we began to read, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen. This isn't a trick question now this morning. When did the persecution come? And what caused these people to travel? Somebody tell me. Saul. Go back to Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 7, we find the stoning of Stephen. Now, don't get too excited. Those that, that stoning means he died, not anything else that happened there. He was not the first one addicted there in the gospel. His stoning was to death. They picked up stones and they'd take a man and they'd dig a pit and they'd put a stake in the bottom of that pit in a chain that was tied to that, that stake and they would either tie it to a man's uh, or a woman's arm or their leg. And they'd be in this pit and there was no place for them to go and they'd gather around this pit and they'd pick up great stones and, and those that were in that pit had no place to go. They were chained to the stake and they began just to throw stones upon that person and bones would be broken. Eventually those stones would crush their skull, taking their life. This was great pain and great agony. This is not something that happened instantaneously. They're just, they're, they're being killed slowly by these stones. The Bible says in verse number one of chapter eight, and Saul was consenting unto his death. That, that means this, Saul was a part. He was in agreement to Stephen's death. And at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered. This is the group that we're reading of now. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Here, here we find in Acts chapter 8, this is Saul. Saul had everything to do with the death of Stephen. He was in agreement. He was promoting it. He, he was saying, let's, let's take these Christians. As a matter of fact, after Stephen was killed, Saul went house to house and began to break in the doors. And if you were a Christian, he holds you off. And the same fate of Stephen was going to happen to all those believers. And so those that we read of in Acts chapter number 11, they were the ones that were scattered abroad. Why? Because of Saul. Saul killed their friend. And Saul wanted to kill them. In Acts chapter number 11, stay with me here. The reasons why they were called Christians first at Antioch, I believe this is because they had a spirit of forgiveness and acceptance. Now I want to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but how many of you would hold a grudge against Saul? 
If he took one of our deacons out, and I know it depends on which deacon, but no, I, if he took one of our deacons out and you watched him and he killed, he was a part of killing that deacon for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he said, I'm after you. And you had to uproot your family. You had to change jobs. You had to quickly leave everything that you owned. Your whole life was in turmoil because of this man. And Barnabas says, hold on, I'm gonna go get him. And you don't find dissension here in the church. You don't find where people said, oh no, not Saul. You don't find where people said, I'm not going to deal with this man. You know what he's done. Matter of fact, the Bible says this, they came and, and uh, uh, when he had found him, he brought him in verse number 26 unto Antioch and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And that's the same verse the Bible says, and there they were first called Christians. Hear, hear, hear me, Christian, today. Too many of us have unforgiving spirits. Too many Christians hold on to the past and they want God to bless them in the future. There's too many Christians that hold on to situations they just won't get over them and forgive. If there was someone, if there was a group of people that in our mind had every right to not forgive, you would think it would be Saul. He's killed Stephen. I'm not letting him come. Not only did they let him come to the church, they listened to him for an entire year as Saul helped them. Hear me, I believe this. There's some that need help and some that aren't getting the help and some that aren't getting the encouragement and some that aren't getting what Christ desires for them to get because they're not forgiving in letting Christ work. The spirit of forgiveness. Not only was there a spirit of forgiveness, but a spirit of acceptance. The Bible says they came together they assembled themselves in verse number 26. They came together in one spirit. They came together in unity and they came together and listened to what Saul was saying. Hear me today, you don't show God's grace when you hold on to everything. Too many Christians are living lives that are miserable. Too many Christians are living lives, they're waking up and they're remembering day after day after day after day the hurt. They're holding on to the past. There's the parents that aren't talking to children and children that aren't talking to parents and siblings that don't talk to each other. And I say to you this morning, it ought not be so in the church of God. If there's a people that understand forgiveness, it's a Christian because it was your sin that put Jesus Christ on the cross. and He forgave you. And in the same very verse, the Bible says that they were called Christians. And I believe this is because they had a spirit of forgiveness. They resembled Christ. A Christian that doesn't forgive doesn't resemble Christ. That's why he came. So your sins could be forgiven. 
so that your past could be forgotten. The Bible says this, that when you, when you confess your sins, God removes them as far as the east is from the west. You know what that means? Never to bring them up again. Never to go back and bring them up. But, but you did this. Oh, when Jesus Christ came and he died upon the cross and he shed his blood and you confessed your sin and you accepted that free gift of salvation, that blood cleansed you of all unrighteousness. It cleansed you of all sin. It removed that debt of sin that you owed. And it paid that price. Listen to me. They forgave Saul. There's marriages, Christians, they call themselves Christians and Every time they fight, they bring up the past. And you wonder why you can't get through this. There's parents and children. Every time they fight, they bring up the past. Well, you did this or you did that. There's no forgiveness. Listen, hear me, please, this morning. Please hear me. They were called Christians because they knew how to forgive. How many of you this morning want the testimony of being called a Christian? We have to learn to forgive. They assembled themselves together. They accepted the brethren. Lastly, I want you to see this with me, if you would please. Number four, verse number 29. The Bible says this. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. There was a great dearth or a great famine, a Great Depression is what we would know about. The economy turned and they weren't able to get food and their money wasn't worth much. And, 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 and a great dearth came, the Bible says, upon all of the land at this time. And, and I want you to see something. Number four, they had a heart to give. They had a heart to give. They were unselfish. This group of people gave what they had to encourage others in the gospel ministry. There's a family, and I won't, I won't name who they are because I don't want to embarrass them, but a family that we were able to help with our Christmas offering in our church. And, and so I just kind of played this little game and, and, and uh, I thought it would be fun. I, I think I was the only one that thought it was fun. But instead of just giving them like the whole amount, I, I told Debbie, I said, let's just split that up and we'll just give them a little bit of it each week, you know? And, um, and so we, we started this as we were collecting the Christmas offering before Christmas and I'd go up to them and I'd sing, you know, on the first day of Christmas and I'd give them a little check. And on the second time, the second week, I came up and I said, on the second day of Christmas and I gave them a little check. I did this a third time and Michelle said to me, she, I was telling Michelle, I was laughing. I said, I go up and I sing this little song and they think it's funny and I give them a check. And she says, they're gonna think they're gonna get 12 of these checks. I said, I never thought of that. We didn't divide it by 12. We only divide it by like four. Well, I'm, in, I'm in trouble here. And so I, the last time I said, instead of the fourth day, on the last day of Christmas, I made sure they, they knew they weren't getting another one. And the wife said this to me. She says, you know what's really funny? She said, um, when you sang that song the first time on the first day of Christmas, she said, uh, we just kind of chuckled. And on the second day, we kind of chuckled. And, and I said, you weren't hoping for 12 checks, were you? And she said, this is the, this is the part that we want to praise God for. She said, that little song that you were singing, she said, 12 different people have helped us 
during this time. You know what she was saying? God's people had a heart to give and they were unselfish. God's people gave to those that had a need. And when you give to those that have needs, what it does is it encourages them in the ministry of Jesus Christ. You see, what I find here in this passage of scripture, they were first called Christians here in Antioch. Number one is because they, despite the persecution, they still had a desire to share the gospel. That's what they were known for. They had a testimony of God's grace. They didn't complain in the situation they found themselves in. They actually grew no matter where they found themselves in. The testimony was God was working in their life and they were satisfied and content in God's provisions. There was a spirit of forgiveness and acceptance. And fourthly, they were called Christians because they had a heart to give. This is why in Antioch, those that were followers of Jesus Christ were first called Christians. I'll ask you this morning, would it be said of you that you're called a Christian? Is it said of you at work that he's a Christian? Is it said of you in your neighborhood, they're a Christian? Is it said of you and your family, they're a Christian? Do people accuse you of being like Christ because they see these attributes in your life as well. Father.